Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, fitness for real people, with your host, Gabrielle Mazar. Gabrielle Mazar. On today's episode, Gabrielle interviews intuitive, mind-body healing, emotional alchemy practitioner and master, Catherine Ganon, a chronic Lyme disease survivor who healed in record time, who developed a unique expertise to help Lyme disease sufferers regain their health and life without losing their time or money. And now here's your host, personal trainer and stretch therapist, Gabrielle Mazar. Gabrielle Mazar. Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People. I'm your host, Gabby Mazar. And on today's episode, I have Catherine Gano, a transformational health coach and emotional alchemist. Welcome to the show today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> yes. So tell me a little bit about your history. You had Lyme disease. Um, I think a lot of people that have had it didn't know they had it for a long time until they got really, really sick. So tell me a little bit about your history with it and your experience and what happened with you. Absolutely. Um, so this was in 2016 and I was working as a nurse practitioner and all of a sudden um, I'm o- I've always been a very active person, energetic person, and I was feeling exhausted. Um, I had to, Uh, I had to lay down on my examination table in between the patients that I would see at the clinic. I was having digestion problems, vision problems, pains everywhere that were migrating. I was having intense chills in the middle of summer. Um, And just everything in my body felt wrong. And I was working in the medical field at the time and I was talking to my colleagues and going to my doctor and nobody could figure out what it was. And um, it literally felt like something was eating me up from the inside because it it was affecting all of the systems. I mean, my periods went to 70 days and I was losing hair like I was in chemotherapy and um, very weak physically. Um, I was having mood mood problems, anxiety, uh, panic attacks even. Uh, and I'm not a person to panic normally. I'm a hang glider pilot, so I (laughs) I don't panic. And um, it took me eight months, but I really went on a quest to find out what that was. And, um, you know, the doctors couldn't figure it out. Even my doctor said, oh, Catherine, I think you're too stressed. And I said, no. (laughs) In 36 years of living in this body, I've never felt like something is eating me up from the inside. And so I rolled up my sleeves and went on a quest to find what it was. And it took me eight months, but I found that it was Lyme disease. And I found that not only it was, um, it was not a new thing because I retraced back 16 years earlier. So in 2000, when I caught it in Australia and and I remembered having had a weird episode with symptoms of like flu-like symptoms and indigestion and food intoxication. And so I traced it back there. So I understood that this episode in 2016 was an acute on chronic and I did not know I had this illness, but it was dormant in me for 16 years, but with symptoms that would show up every year in my twenties and my early thirties, you know, headaches and pains and just weird mood stuff. And um, I really went on a journey to, to figure out how to treat myself because there was no guidelines for chronic Lyme. I couldn't find any doctor to help me out. And 
by that time, I was just on a quest to save my own life. So I did extensive research um, to find evidence-based medicinal herbs and natural supplements to um, really regain my health. And um, I, I constructed this extensive protocol. And within four months on that protocol, I regained 80% of my normal, which is pretty much unheard of in, yeah. in the Lyme disease world. And um, I think most of it, what, what it's um, allowed me to realize is I was, it, it allowed me to realize where I was not living in alignment with myself. And I was not feeling fulfilled at my job. I was not feeling fulfilled in my relationship at the time, my intimate relationship. And it's just all of this, these things came back at the same time and the illness kind of brought this on. So I had to do some healing in all these aspects of my life, not just the physical, but mostly the emotional. And that's yeah. what brought you to become a transformational coach and emotional alchemist, which is yes. what? <laughs> <laughs> well, when I became sick, um, I had already embarked on, on the studies and started my business and coaching. And I already felt like I was going to possibly jump into coaching from nurse practitioner. And this is what I did um, a year after I started my business. But one of the things that I realized, Gabby, ever since I was a nurse in ER and then a nurse with uh, indigenous people in Northern Quebec, and then a nurse practitioner in a small community, I've noticed, I was noticing that people were sick in their bodies in systems where they had emotional wounds. And for some reason, I had this gift of making people cry. <laughs> they would, they would I come into my. I don't know that that's a gift. <laughs> well, they they would come into my office, and then I'd ask them the questions. You know, what brings you here? Where where are you having pain? Blah blah blah. And then for some reason, it's like I would open up a space where they would feel safe to tell me what was on their heart. They would start crying and then we'd start talking about the real stuff and the emotional stuff, the difficulty in their relationships, the resentment they were feeling towards so-and-so, the hurt stuff they were carrying. And as they were talking about this, we were, I was seeing how the awareness of that and, you know, with the physical exam and locating where things were happening in their body was actually activating a deeper healing. So when I became a coach, transformational coach, I learned some um, coaching sequences and, and skills to bring people into the root of where their biggest kind of fears and patterns where they've started. Mm -hmm. And what we do is we literally go in the places where people don't want to go, uh, where the heavy emotions are, you know, anger, sadness, shame, guilt. And that's where the treasure is. It's in the places where we don't want to look that the treasure is. So we literally go in there and alchemize these emotions that are heavy into um, light, into lightness, into the gold, basically, into the joy. So that which was heavy becomes an asset to propel them into creating the life that they want and that they desire. So that's what the emotional alchemist does. And the body heals on, uh, on that process. It's fascinating to see. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> so what are energy leaks and what exactly what exactly are they and, and why is it important for you to plug an energy leak? 
Yes, um, that's a great question. Um, I was always somebody with a lot of energy, like burning the candle by both ends, just always on the move and doing things. So when I got sick and I could barely do anything, you know, five minutes of stationary bikes and I had to go to bed, I really opened my mind to how important energy is because when you have energy, you feel good. And then when you feel good, you do good. So I started to ask myself, what is it that I do with clients? Because we see, they seem to come from a place of heavy, no energy, and then they leave the space, like they want to skip and bounce and <laughs> regain that energy. So this equation came to me because I'm a scientist person and a spiritual person. So I've kind of bridged those. And this equation came to me of um, what happens in somebody's energy? What makes you a moment you're feeling so kind of low and uh, unmotivated and, and another moment you're like, wow, you're in the state of feeling invincible almost. And, and what we did is plugging energy leaks. So I'll tell you what the energy leaks are. Energy leaks are things like um, comparing ourselves with others, um, feeling not good enough, uh, perfectionism, it's not listening to our own inner voice, you know, like the, the oh, I, I knew or I should have or I could have, you know, the, regret, the regrets. Um, energy leaks can be in the body in the form of pain. Pain is a huge energy leak. If you remember the last time you were in pain, you know, you injured yourself. Last thing you wanted to do was to bounce around and run, right? It's just, it's such a drain. And for people with chronic pain, especially, it's a big energy leak. Um, feeling um, out of touch with one's purpose. That's a big energy leak also. Saying yes to people or to situations when in your heart it says no. Or if you're like prioritizing other people's needs first rather than prioritizing your needs when you know you need self-care, that's a huge energy leak. Keeping a secret out of shame inside of you and not being able to share with anybody and it's just weighing on you that's a huge energy leak so these i mean i've got a lot of examples of that but these are all things that are draining someone's energy on a daily basis um and so how and do you how do you plug those or how do you stop those to keep or regain your energy yes so in any um healing process or journey there are kind of three steps and the first step is always awareness by becoming aware of what's draining your energy and sometimes it's a simple question of like asking yourself what is it that you're tolerating on a daily basis what is it that if you could remove that nail from your you know that from your foot or from your heel kind of thing would be would bring you that breath of fresh air, okay? So awareness is the first step. So identifying those energy leaks and oftentimes they're subconscious. And for me, when I guide my clients, I can feel and see and hear their energy leaks uh, through the way they talk about themselves. Oh, I'm mm -hmm. such an idiot for, for, for saying this or, mm -hmm. oh, this was dumb or, you know, you can hear in their language, their energy leaks. And so just to bring it to their awareness, like, oh, did you hear how you were talking about yourself there? That's an energy leak. And so awareness is the first step. The second step is transformation. 
And that's the process um, of we there's I mean that's the coach the coaching process is the transformation but there's many different ways one of which can be to just reframe or to see the the thing under a different light I like to ask myself the questions I don't know if you know the work from Byron Katie the four questions if um let's say you're you're having a story in your head that oh you're not good enough or you're not capable of doing something and then the first question is is that true right? Is that really true? <laughs> and, um, and what else could it be, right? So out of infinite possibilities, you decided that you weren't capable. Is that true? Yeah. So to not believe all the rational lies that that our mind is, is giving us. So anyways, the, the, the transformation is, um, that's where we do the alchemy. That's mm-hmm. where we to, you know, put the lead into the fire and then transform into the gold. So the third step is wholeness. Um, For someone on a daily basis to plug their own energy leaks, I I often tell people, make a list of the things that that you're tired of, that are draining your energy or listen to yourself when you say, oh, this is killing me or I can't take this anymore. Mark it down on the page. This is a huge energy leak for you. And and just being in the awareness of that will already shift that. And to yeah, yeah, I think we're we're not always aware of the things that we say to ourselves or the things that we say about ourselves to others or how we talk just period how we talk we're so used to just saying things and not actually saying or being aware of what we are saying so you're absolutely correct i mean you know saying oh i'm so stupid or oh what an idiot is is very i guess normal it's it's something that people do all the time without even thinking about it it is socially acceptable as a kind of a currency to not make any waves or to not, but it's very violent towards the self. Yeah. And absolutely. it's tied, it's tied to your identity. Whatever you say after the words I am by definition is tied to your identity. Yeah. I am an idiot. So it, it binds you to that thing. And it's very, and it's going to create a whole system of beliefs around that. And whatever you believe internally you will um, create those circumstances outside in your life. If you know about, you know, the law of attraction or yes. quantum physics, absolutely, that's, it, that's all I about have, your vibration, right? <laughs> yes, I have. Ha- I've done podcasts about it. I definitely believe in it. I am. A, I am a believer about you get, you get what you give. So what you put out into the world or what you tell the world, you know, I am, I am going to be a business owner. I am going to be a millionaire or I am not. I'm going to be, I am, I am strong. I am smart. I am whatever, or I'm going to, I'm going to Italy, whatever it is, whatever you say, you will make the world will make those things happen. The law of attraction. And it, it isn't necessarily that, you know, something magical is out there. It's not like there's like pixie dust out there magic it's because you in your head have already made that decision you've made the decision i am smart i'm smart so when you tell yourself i'm an idiot you've made that decision in your head that you are an idiot even if you are just saying it 
unknowingly or unconsciously, you are telling yourself that every, every time you say it to yourself. So it's, I, I definitely believe that those, that it's very powerful and your words are very powerful and things you say to yourself or things you say to others about yourself are very, very powerful when it comes to, to anything emotionally, physically, it's very, very important to speak well of yourself because that is how you view yourself and it is your empowerment. It is your identity. Absolutely. And oftentimes it was imprinted in the early stages of, of life, even before we can even remember it. Sure. Um, by the age of eight, I think children will have had over 25,000 hours of linguistic programming of things that they will have heard and, you know, stories from their parents and then what they've been told. And it might be just one time that your dad said, oh, you idiot. And then you internalized it. And all of a sudden it became part of your, you know, energy and me being aware, like you said, of, of how you speak. I tell people to speak in the direction of what you desire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You certainly don't desire to be an idiot. So <laughs> what do you want instead? <laughs> Maybe somebody, I doubt it, but I mean, so yeah. when it comes to energy leaks and, and plugging those leaks, what, what makes people or what makes someone feel tired? Yes. Well, many things will make someone feel tired. Other than like lack of sleep or working too hard. Or... Exactly. So on the physical side, yeah. you know, bad food, lack of sleep. Right. Um, the, the most, the common denominator that I see with people um, is that they're feeling tired <laughs> is that which stems from I'm not good enough. And then people overcompensating, doing people-pleasing thing, putting their needs last, stepping on their own truth, not expressing themselves, and being disconnected from their own essence, wearing mask. You know, how many of us have worn masks in the past where we put a mask of like, oh yeah, everything is fine. <laughs> but inside it's like your world is crumbling. You've got sadness. You've been going through something horrible at home and you can't share it. Managing a mask like that, I tell you, it'll make everybody tired. At the end of the day, you come home and you have to kind of put down the mask, but just managing the mismatch of yeah, that. Yeah, you're exhausted. You're yeah. exhausted. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. And the internal discourse, we, we don't realize how much of our thoughts are, um, so there's studies that are saying, you know, 90% of our thoughts are recurrent every day and 70% of them are negative until we wake up. And so negative thoughts going on um, all day long about, oh, I should have known this. Oh, I'm going to be late for this appointment. Oh, this and all of these thoughts. There's like so much chatter. And when people, when we don't take time to connect with ourselves, to, to clean up the mind, to come back to full presence, it is exhausting to live in that world of chaos. And I, I, I know this is where I used to live. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of that and negative, um, or speaking of that and our negative emotions, how can that that affect our negative emotions, our negative uh, thoughts, and kind of keeping that all inside, how can that affect our, um, our body? How can that create illness in, in us? 
Yes. Um, right now I'm doing a PhD in natural medicine and um, there is a, um, a device where it's called gas discharge visualization. It's been invented by the Russians a long time ago, but you can, you can physically see the energy, the glow around a person. And then there's, I'm not that far into the studies, but you can see like which organs are affected and um, your chakras, if they're kind of out of alignment, it's pretty amazing to see that. Mm -hmm. But on a scientific level, we know that, um, you know, when let's say people are depressed, um, they will secrete more inflammatory cytokines. Um, when people are not feeling good about themselves, well, of course, they're not going to have the greatest health habits. When you're not feeling super great about yourself, it's easier to go for the box of cookies, alcohol, alcohol numbing the emotion. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And the gut is, you've probably heard that the gut is the emotional brain. It's also the seat of your immune system. 75% of the immune system is in the gut. So there's, there's a very reactive amount of life in there that when we don't eat so good, but also when we have emotions, especially stress, it affects the gut and all illnesses start in the gut. doesn't matter where they, they show up in the body. Uh, that's Hippocrates who said that, you know, many years ago, father of modern medicine, that all (laughs) all illnesses start in the gut and therefore all health starts in the gut also. Um, But there's just been so many studies relating, um, you know, people right now, they're sitting, you know, the studies are saying um, sitting is the new smoking, but loneliness is, what, what are they saying? loneliness is more um, damaging to your body with inflammatory cytokines, um, signaling genes that are turning on um, the expression of protein that are unhealthy or dysfunctional. So if somebody, let's say, has cancer in their family, let's say they have a gene for cancer and the gene it's just a blueprint. What will depend if the person is going to develop cancer or not is going to be the expression, the on or off switch. And negative emotions can put the switch on to the expression of bad genes and then have that repercussion. That's epigenetics at work. <laughs> I think we've definitely seen that over the last few years as well, that, you know, given what we've been going through and, and, our um, being away from people and just being lonely. We've seen a lot of mental health issues. We've seen a lot more health issues. We've just seen kind of a shift in health in general. And we can, you can visibly see that we don't, you don't have to be a rocket scientist scientists to actually see what's going on with people you know the suicide rate has increased and you know just what has all happened around us and what's happening with people and people's brains and and with their emotions and with with their health has all kind of been put front and center in front of all of us with with what has happened over the last few years yeah so with your emotions, you know, and emotional alchemy, 
how can you use that to help people? Yeah. Um, so the, tangibly in the work that I do, um, it's it, I take people on a deep transformational journey. Uh, my work is not for beginners <laughs> in the sense that people, um, if they're completely woo, uh, not, not woo, new to the world of emotions and if they have no sense of awareness, it, it, it might be too big of a step. But overwhelming. What I, yeah, a little bit overwhelming. Uh, but when people are ready, especially if they've been on a, uh, on a personal growth journey for a while, but yet they're like, man, I've been doing so much stuff, but I still feel stuck. And I, I'm still kind of sticky in that area. I still can't create the life that I love. Then what we do is um, I take them on a deep transformational journey where we go using their subconscious mind and I guide them. We go back in time at the root event in their life. It can be the current life. It can be past life, ancestors life. But that first time where that emotion got imprinted um, in ways that are dysfunctional, because it's not dysfunctional to have emotions, but the emotion got imprinted and created a pattern. And we go and identify that and make a different decision, re-imprint that space. And so afterwards, we re-imprint the whole line of time and all of the events on the, let's say since birth until the person, I don't know, is 40 years old, all of the events where that old emotion and pattern was kind of still holding them, had, had a grip energetically, they get recontextualized. So the heavy emotion gets lifted from there. And all of a sudden people will have access to the happy memories instead of the wounds that are the emotional wounds that are holding them back. Mm -hmm. And in their present life, they'll see that the pattern that used to be there no longer has a grip on them. And they're seeing new things and having clarity that they couldn't see before because they were in a tunnel vision stuck in the pattern in the fear. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I was going to say the clarity. Yeah. The clarity of your thoughts and seeing things without kind of those rose colored glasses. You're th seeing things through a completely new lens Yes. because you don't have that already preconceived notion of what it was then. Yes. And so the nice thing about that is when that happens, when you see it under a new lens and you have what's called the aha moment, right? You've ever heard about the aha moment yeah. mm -hmm. where there's like this moment of insight. And in that moment, what happens um, is a new set of neurons will connect together in the brain that were not connected before. Um, and those neurons will dictate your behaviors, your actions, your mood in alignment with that clarity that, oh my gosh, this was the pattern and I wanna live that way. And so in that moment, that new cluster of, of neurons connect together because they've just wired together and the more intense the emotion and the clearer the intention, the, the more this will activate the energy of the person and then you activate you know, the quantum field and the law of attraction. Um, so it's a pretty amazing thing when that happens. It's neuroplasticity at its best. <laughs> yeah. So how is coherence related to health? Um, I fit when I finished my course in holistic anatomy, uh, you know how sometimes things that are so simple, they get overlooked. 
One of the things that was taught to me over and over and over is achieving a state of coherence. And you might have heard about um, heart coherence. You know, the HeartMath Institute is great about teaching that, the heart coherence. Um, so, you, you know, your audience can check out some resources about that. I highly recommend it, but it's basically using the breath to bring your heart rate um, in, in a coherent um, wave that will bring a coherent frequency with a, co a coherent brain wave. And when, when you bring yourself back in a state of coherence, it has tremendous effects on health, on energy, on reducing inflammation, on uh, reversing chronic illnesses, improving sleep. Uh, it's as simple as breathing for five minutes and breathing in a rhythmic way. Um, I like to teach the five, five, seven breath, which is inhaling for five, holding for five and exhaling for seven. Mm -hmm. um, and I tell people, if, if it bugs you to count, just, just make sure your exhale is a little longer than your inhale. And what that does is it, it brings your heart into coherence, your brain into coherence, and it switches from a state of stress, uh, sympathetic nervous system to a state of relaxation, parasympathetic. And when you're in a state of coherence, everything becomes so much clearer. You're much more relaxed and calm. You make better decisions. That's when you access your inner wisdom about what to do in a certain situation, how to respond. Um, but if we respond from a state of chaos, we just create more chaos. So um, that was the thing I retained the most from that class is it's all about reaching a state of coherence and staying there, especially when you feel like your world is spinning. That's a signal that it's time to take uh, 10 deep breaths, five, five, sevens, and that's about two, three minutes. And that's the time it'll take to just reset you back into a state of focused, grounded energy where you access your intuitive genius, you access your center of making good decisions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we talk about breath so much in Pilates and yoga and meditation mm -hmm. that, it, I mean, it does make a big difference for sure. Yeah. So if yeah. people wanted to learn more about you and uh, more about emotional alchemy and uh, your transformational coaching, how would they get a hold of you? Yeah, so um, I'm on social media, Catherine Gagnon Transformational Coach on Facebook and Instagram. And my website is um, www.catherinegagnon.ca. So um, I'm going to spell it C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-G-A-G-N-O-N.ca. And um, I am teaching free monthly masterclasses on quantum health, where I teach a lot of the stuff that I'm learning in my PhD. And there's always information and um, an experiential exercise that brings transformation. So we're really bringing it into uh, practical ways to integrate um, the science and the spirituality into people's lives, into the everyday life. So um, we can put the link in the show notes, um, yeah, if absolutely. people would like to register to that Yeah, and, uh, it's every second Wednesday of the month and it's at 4 30 PM Eastern time for I one will hour. Definitely do that. Yes. I will definitely, uh, put all the links to your website and Instagram and Facebook and to, um, 
your masterclass in the show notes for sure. Is there anything else that you want to leave our guests with today? Yes, I want to leave your guests with the opening up to the possibility that they don't have to tolerate the things in their life that are just draining their energy. You don't have to tolerate that. You can make a decision today that you are you're here to have a life that you love because it's not only your destiny, it's your duty to have a life that you love. Because when you feel good, you do good. <laughs> I love that. Absolutely. You are so spot on. That is very, very true. Well, I thank you so much for coming on the show today. I will make sure to have all of that information in the show notes for people to be able to find it. And uh, I, I really appreciate it. This was very um, transformational. <laughs> thank you so much for having me, Gabby. <laughs> You're very welcome. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And we will see you all next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People, with your host, Gabrielle Mazar. If you would like more information on today's episode, you can find it in the show notes and on Gabrielle's website at www.destinationfitcations.com. Visit to keep an eye out for upcoming fitcations. Be sure to share the show, give this podcast a review, and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Join us next week to hear more stories from people just like you. This has been the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People with Gabrielle Mazar.